story three of jim the story of a backwoods police dog and other stories by charles roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain story three the mule the mule lines at avulee were restless and unsteady under the tormented dark all day long a six-inch high-velocity gun firing at irregular intervals from somewhere on the low ridge above the anchor had been feeling for them those terrible swift shells which travel so fast on their flat trajectory that their bedlam shriek of warning and the rending crash of their explosion seemed to come in the same breathless instant had tested the nerves of man and beast sufficiently during the daylight but now in the shifting obscurity of a young moon harrowed by driving cloud-rack their effect was yet more daunting so far they had been doing little damage having been occupied for the most part in blowing new craters in the old lines a couple of hundred yards further east which had been vacated only two days before on account of their deep-trodden and intolerable mud all day our planes patrolling the sky over tara hill and the lines of regina had kept the boches airmen at such a distance that they could not observe and register for their batteries and this terrible gun was therefore firing blind but there came a time during the long night when it seemed to reach the conclusion that its target must be pretty well obliterated squatting in its veiled lair behind the heights of anchor it lifted its raking muzzle ever so slightly and put another two hundred yards on to its range the next shell screamed down straight upon the lines the crash tore earth and air a massive column of black smoke vomited upwards pierced with straight flame and streaked with flying fragments of mules and ropes and tether pegs deadly splinters of shell hissed forth from it on all sides the top of the column spread outwards the base thinned and lifted a raw and ghastly crater like some dantesque dream of the mouth of hell came into view and there followed a faint hideous sound of nameless things pattering down upon the mud near the edge of the crater stood a big raw-boned black mule his teammate and the three other mules tethered nearest to him had vanished several others lay about on either side of him dead or screaming in their death agonies but he was untouched at the appalling shock he had sprung back upon his haunches snorting madly but the tethering rope had held and he had almost thrown himself then after the fashion of his kind he had lashed out wildly with his iron-shod heels but he was tough of nerve and stout of heart far beyond the fashion of his kind and almost at once he pulled himself together and stood trembling straining on the halter his long ears laid back upon his head then his eyes rolling white with a green gleam of horror at the centre took note of the familiar form of his driver standing by his head and feeling himself curiously as if puzzled at being still alive this sight reassured the black mule amazingly his expressive ears wagged forward again and he thrust his frothing muzzle hard against the man's shoulder as if to ask him what it all meant the man flung an arm over the beast's quivering neck and leaned himself against him for a moment or two dazed from the tremendous shock 
which had lifted him from his feet and slammed him down viciously upon the ground he coughed once or twice and tried to wipe the reek of the explosion from his eyes then coming fully to himself he hurriedly untethered his charge patted him reassuringly on the nose loosed the next mule behind him on the lines and led the two away in haste toward safer quarters as he did so another shell came in some fifty yards to the left and the lines became a bedlam of kicking and snorting beasts with their drivers cursing and coaxing according to their several methods clawing at the ropes and hurrying to get their charges away to safety at any other time the big black mule an unregenerate product of the argentine with a temper which took delight in giving trouble to all in authority over him might have balked energetically as a protest against being moved from his place at this irregular hour but he was endowed with a perception of his own interests which came rather from the humbler than the more aristocratic side of his ancestry he was no victim of that childish panic which is so liable in a moment of desperation to pervert the high-strung intelligence of the horse he felt that the man knew just what to do in this dreadful and demoralizing situation so he obeyed and followed like a lamb and in that moment he conceived an affection for his driver which made him nothing less than a changed mule his amazing docility had its effect upon the second mule and the driver got them both away without any difficulty when all the rest of the survivors had been successfully shifted to new ground far off to the right the terrible gun continued for another hour to blow craters up and down the deserted lines then it lengthened its range once more and spent the rest of the night shattering to powder the ruins of an already ruined and quite deserted street under the impression that it was smashing up some of our crowded billets a little before daylight however a shell from one of our forward batteries up behind regina trench found its way into the lair where the monster squatted and rest descended upon avully in the bleak autumnal dawn this was in the rain-scourged autumn of nineteen sixteen when the unspeakable desolation of the somme battlefield was a sea of mud the ruins of the villages ovlies la boiselle pozieres courcelette martin puich and all the others which had once made fair with flowers and orchards this rolling plateau of picardy had been pounded flat by the inexorable guns and were now mere islands of firmer ground in the shell-pitted wastes of red mire men went encased in mud from boots to shrapnel helmet and it was a special mud of exasperating tenacity a cement of beaten chalk and clay the few spidery tram-lines ran precariously along the edges of the shell-holes out over the naked fire-swept undulations beyond mouquet farm and courcelette where they were continually being knocked to pieces by the whiz-bangs and tirelessly rebuilt by our dauntless pioneers and railway troops scattered all about this dreadful naked waste behind our front trenches lurked our forward batteries their shallow gun-pits cunningly camouflaged behind every little swell of tumbled mud this foul mud hiding in the deep slime of its shell-holes every kind of trap and putrid horror was the appropriate ally of the germans 
strikingly and tenaciously and treacherously as befitted it opposed the feeding of the guns two by two or four by four according to their size the shells for the guns had to be carried up from the forward dumps in little wicker panniers slung across the backs of horses and mules it was a slow process precarious and costly but it beat the mud and the insatiable guns were fed after the night when the mule lines at avully were shelled the big black mule and his driver were put on this job of carrying up shells to the forward batteries the driver a gaunt green-eyed ginger-haired teamster from the lumber camps of northern new brunswick received the order with a crooked grin say your prayers now sonny he muttered in the mule's big waving ear which came to attention promptly to receive his communication you'll be wishing you was back in them old lines at avily afore we're through with this job fritzy over yonder ain't going to like you and me one little bit when he skits on to what we're up to it ain't like haulin fodder i tell you that but i guess we've got the nerve all right instead of rolling the whites of his eyes at him in surly protest against this familiarity the black mule responded by nibbling gently at the sleeve of his muddy tunic jeezly christmas murmured the driver astonished at this evidence of goodwill but it's queer now how a taste of shell-fire'll sometimes work a change of heart even in an argentino mule i only hope it'll last sonny if it does we're gonna get along fine you and me and the next time he visited the canteen he brought back a biscuit or two and a slab of sweet chocolate to confirm the capricious beast in its amended manners early that same afternoon the black mule found himself in new surroundings he was at the big ammunition dump which lay concealed in an obscure hollow near the ruins of corselette he looked with suspicion on the wicker panniers which were slung across his sturdy back saddles he knew and harness he knew but this was a contraption which roused misgiving in his conservative soul when the shells were slipped into the panniers and he felt the sudden weight so out of all proportion to the size of the burden he laid back his long ears with a grunt and gathered his muscles for a protesting kick but his driver standing at his head stroked his muzzle soothingly and murmured there there steady son keep your hair on it ain't going to bite you thus adjured he composed himself with an effort and the lashing kick was not delivered what a persuasive cuss you must be jimmy wright said the man who was handling the shells i wouldn't trust you round with my best girl if you can get a bucking mule locoed that way with your soft solder it ain't me replied the new brunswicker it's shell shock i guess kind of helped along with chocolate and biscuits he got a bit of a shaking up when they shelled the lines at avully night afore last and he's been a lamb ever since seems to think i saved his hide for him he was the very devil to handle afore that for some way from the dump the journey was uneventful the path to the guns led along a sunken road completely hidden from the enemy's observation post the dull persistent rain had ceased for a while and the broad patches of blue overhead were dotted with our droning aeroplanes which every now and then would dive into a low drifting rack of grey cloud to shake off the shrapnel of the german archies of german planes none were to be seen for they had all sped home to their hangars when our fighting squadrons rose to the encounter 
the earth rocked to the explosions of our nine point two howitzers ranged about Poissiers and martin Guiche, and the air clamoured under the passage of their giant shells as they went soaring over toward the german lines now and again a vicious whining sound would swell suddenly to a nerve-wracking shriek and an enemy shell would land with a massive crump and a furious blast of smoke and mud would belch upwards to one side or other of the shrunken road but none of these unwelcome visitors came into the road itself and neither the black mule nor jimmy wright paid them any more attention than the merest roll of an eye to mark their billet change of heart hain't spoiled old sonny's nerves anyhow thought the driver to himself with deep approval a little further on and the trail up to x's group quitting the shelter of the sunken road led out across the red desolation in the very eye as it seemed to the new brunswicker of the enemy's positions it was a narrow undulating track slippery as oil yet tenacious as glue corkscrewing its laborious way between the old slime-filled shell pits from the surface of one of these wells of foul-coloured ooze the legs of a dead horse stuck up stiffly into the air like four posts on which to lay a footbridge a few yards beyond the track was cut by a fresh shell hole too new to have collected any water its raw sides were streaked red and white and black and just at its rim lay the mangled fragments of something that might recently have been a mule the long ears of wright's mule waved backwards and forwards at the sight and he snorted apprehensively this don't appear to be a health resort for us sonny commented the new brunswicker so we won't linger if it's all the same to you and he led the way round the other side of the new shell-hole the big mule crowding close behind with quivering muzzle at his shoulder however urgent wright's desire for speed speed was ridiculously impossible the obstinate pro-german mud was not lightly to be overcome even on the firmer ridges it clung far above the fetlocks of the black mule and struggled to suck off wright's hobnailed boots at every labouring step though a marrow-piercing northeaster swept the waste both man and mule were lathered in sweat half their energy had to be expended in recovering themselves from continual slithering slides which threatened to land them in the engulfing horrors of the shell-holes for all he had so little breath to spare jimmy wright kept muttering through his teeth strange expletives and objurgations from the vocabulary of the lumber camps eloquent but unprintable to which the black mule lent ear admiringly he seemed to feel that his driver's remarks though he could not understand them were doubtless such as would command his fullest accord for his own part he had no means of expressing such sentiments except through his heels and these were now all too fully occupied in their battle with the mud by this time the black mule had become absolutely convinced that his fate was in the hands of his ginger-haired driver jimmy wright as it seemed to him was his sole protection against this violent horror which kept bursting and crashing on every hand about him it was clear to him that jimmy wright though apparently much annoyed was not afraid therefore with jimmy wright as his protector he was safe he wagged his ears snorted contemptuously at a five point nine which spurted up a column of mud and smoke some hundred yards to the left and plodded on gamely through the mud 
he didn't know where he was going but jimmy wright was there and just ahead of his nose where he could sniff at him and he felt sure there would be fodder and a rub-down at the end of the weary road in the midst of these consoling reflections something startling and inexplicable happened he was enveloped and swept away in a deafening roar thick blackness streaked with star showers blinded him though half stupefied he kicked and struggled with all his strength for it was not in him to yield himself like a stricken horse to any stroke of fate when he once more saw daylight he was recovering his feet just below the rim of an old shell-hole he gained the top braced his legs and shook himself vigorously the loaded panniers thumping heavily upon his ribs restored him fully to his senses snorting through wide red nostrils he stared about him wildly some ten paces distance he saw a great new crater in the mud reeking with black and orange fumes but where was jimmy wright the mule swept anxious eyes across the waste of shell-holes in every direction in vain his master had vanished he felt himself deserted panic began to clutch at his heart and he gathered his muscles for frantic flight and then he recovered himself and stood steady he had caught sight of a ginger-haired head bare of its shrapnel helmet lying on the mud at the other side of the shell-hole from which he had just struggled out his panic passed at once but it gave place to anxious wonder there indeed was jimmy wright but what was he doing there his body was buried almost to the shoulders in the discoloured slime that half filled the shell-hole he was lying on his face his arms were outstretched and his hands were clutching at the slippery walls of the hole as if he were striving to pull himself up from the water this effort however seemed anything but successful the mule saw indeed that his protector was slowly slipping deeper into the slime this filled him with fresh alarm if jimmy wright should disappear under that foul surface that would be desertion complete and final it was not to be endured quickly but cautiously the mule picked his way around the hole and then with sagacious bracing of his hoofs down to his master's side but what was to be done next jimmy wright's face was turned so that he could not see his would-be rescuer his hands were still clutching at the mud but feebly and without effect the mule saw that his master was on the point of vanishing under the mud of deserting him in his extremity this was intolerable the emergency quickened his wits instinct suggested to him to keep a thing one should take hold of it and hold on to it he reached down with his big yellow teeth took hold of the shoulder of jimmy wright's tunic and held on unfamiliar with anatomy he at the same time took hold of a substantial portion of jimmy wright's own shoulder inside the tunic and held on to that he braced himself and with a loud involuntary snort began to pull jimmy wright up to this point had been no more than half conscious the mule's teeth in his shoulder revived him effectually he came to himself with a yell he remembered the shell burst he saw and understood where he was he was afraid to move for a moment lest he should find that his shoulder was blown off but no he had two arms and he could move them he had his shoulder all right for something was pulling at it with quite sickening energy 
he reached up his right arm it was the left shoulder that was being tugged at and encountered the furry head and ears of his rescuer sonny he shouted well i'll be damned and he gripped fervently at the mule's neck reassured at the sound of his master's voice the big mule took his teeth out of right shoulder and began nuzzling solicitously at his sandy head it's all right old man said the new brunswicker thinking quickly while still with his left hand he secured a grip on the mule's headstall then he strove to raise himself from the slime the effort produced no result except to send a wave of blackness across his brain wondering sickly if he carried some terrible injury concealed under the mud he made haste to pass the halter rope under his arms and knot it beneath his chest then he shouted for help twice and again till his voice trailed off into a whimper and he relapsed into unconsciousness the mule shifted his feet to gain a more secure foothold on the treacherous slope and then stood wagging his ears and gazing down on jimmy in benevolent content so long as jimmy was with him he felt that things were bound to come all right jimmy would presently get up and lead him out of the shell-hole and take him home shell after shell whining or thundering according to their breed soared high over the hole but the black mule only wagged his ears at them his eyes were anchored upon the unconscious sandy head of jimmy wright suddenly however a sharp voice made him look up he saw a couple of stretcher-bearers standing on the edge of the shell-hole looking down sympathetically upon him and his charge in a second or two they were beside him skilfully and tenderly extricating jimmy's body from the mud he ain't gone west this time pronounced one who had thrust an understanding hand into the breast of the tunic jimmy wright opened his eyes wide suddenly not by a damn sight i ain't bill he muttered rather thickly then his wits and his voice coming clearer he added but if i ain't it's thanks to this here old blank of an argentino mule that come down into this hole and yanked me out of the mud and saved me eh sonny the big mule was crowding up so close to him as to somewhat incommode the two men in their task on that treacherous incline but they warded off his inconvenient attentions very gently he's some mule all right grunted one of the bearers as they got jimmy onto the stretcher and laboriously climbed from the shell-hole end of story three